BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stardom Cast. This is a podcast we talk all things about the fantastic professional wrestling company that is Stardom, and we do it in a positive and what I like to think fun manner. I am your host of this episode. My name is Matt Turner. Fortunately, we would not be joined by Rob Goodwin, but that's a okay, folks. We're going to be flying this plane solo, so I hope you're all ready for some fun. And uh, you're going to come with me on this journey. We're going to talk all things about the fantastic professional wrestling company. Again, that is Stardom. And folks, we have a loaded show for you today. We are going to be reviewing not one, not two, but three shows. We're reviewing the pay-per-view Midsummer Fest from this past weekend, as well as New Blood 10. And of course, that fantastic, loaded, historical Corican Hall show from this past weekend as well that featured a handful of five-star matches. Also, too, we'll be talking about, uh, we got some news. We'll also be reviewing, excuse me, previewing some of the upcoming five-star matches that'll be happening this week, as well as we'll be talking about what's going on on the Patreon. We'll be talking about some news. Um, that's usually where we start. If you're new to the podcast, hello, welcome. We usually start off with talking about what's up on the Patreon. We usually talk about some news, but we're going to change it up just a little bit here, folks, because obviously something big happened uh, in my world and your world as well, because I saw a lot of you this past week and this past Sunday at the 2300 Arena, which I'll probably never, ever call that again. 
To me, it's the ECW Arena. It's on the corner of Swanson and Rittner Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yes, we got to see the U.S. debut of the former World of Stardom champion, the winner of the five-star last year, and the current New Japan Strong Champion, the dangerous queen herself, Julia. And um, I was there for it. Uh, I was there watching it. We're going to do a little review here, but it was nice. It was fantastic. It was very humble to meet so many of you, so many listeners, the friends and family of the Stardom cast. So many people uh, knew who I was when I walked in, took pictures, asked me a whole bunch of questions. Um, everybody said so many nice things about myself and Rob uh, about the show. Really meant, uh, means so, so much to us. Like I, I say at the end of the show, it really gives the fuel to the fire for us to constantly do better on these shows. Um, so many people said, and the, one of the main things that they got into the show is they heard us on Talk is Jericho, and then they started listening to the Stardom uh, Cast podcast, this podcast, and then they uh, started watching Stardom. So there was probably about half a dozen, uh, half a dozen of our listeners that said they they never really watched Stardom before, only saw some of it on YouTube. But got hooked when they heard us on Talk is Jericho. And if you haven't listened to that pot, that episode yet on Talk is Jericho, go back and listen to it. I think it came out the first week of June. You can just go back in the archives. But they listened to us on Talk is Jericho, absolutely loved us, started listening to the podcast, and then either subscribed to Stardom World, or subscribed to the YouTube channel, or started getting the pay-per-views, or two of the three combination, or all three. So that was nice to hear. That was nice to hear because, to be honest with you, since the start of the five-star about a month and change ago, month month and change ago, I've had probably at the top of my head more than two dozen um, of the listeners send me a message either on Twitter or social media and just say, "Hey, uh, I've you guys are really hyped up this five star Grand Prix. I started, I was only a YouTube subscriber. Now I'm subscribing to Stardom World, or I'm a Stardom World subscriber, and I would wait the few days till after the pay per view um, for it to go on Stardom World. But now I'm buying." the uh, the pay-per-view so that does me justice that does the show justice and rob as well and i did tell him that um when when i was in philly uh for that show that the mission I and mean, we have a lot of goals with this podcast obviously to have fun spread positivity make sure everybody's doing okay you know just bettering yourselves in every which way like i always say at the end of the show we're all in this together what i mean by that is life we're all in life together to be better and just hey let's have a good time but the main mission for this podcast is to get as many new people watching stardom. Apparently, over the last six, seven weeks, we've done a really good job at that because there's a lot of new viewers to stardom. And they said that they've gotten into it because of our recommendations. So uh, that does my heart justice because uh, you folks are just watching the best wrestling in the world. My opinion, you know, wrestling is, subject is subjective. Yes, in my opinion, there's nothing better uh, than stardom. A lot of, pretty much not a lot of, everyone that came up to me uh, that told me they were listeners of the show, fans of the show, the two common things was, one, the chemistry that Rob and I have, um, and I miss him this week, and uh, he's, he's working on a, another project. He's just, even when he's not on the podcast, he's working on the podcast. That guy's working uh, so, so hard, uh, and, uh, you know, we, we thank him for it, and we love him for it. But the chemistry that Rob and I have, and just the positivity, uh, everyone will say how positive the show is, how fun the show is, and how it brightens up their day and that means so much to us because we love we bust our ass putting out content for the show and doing the reviews and make sure everything is tip top the best for you but the fact that so many people are enjoying the show and just it's putting smiles on people's faces it's that means the world to me folks that means the world to me and thank each and every one of you that came up to me and said bye boy 
I did say last week, anybody that comes up to me and says, bye, boy, which is the hottest catchphrase in all of wrestling, they will get some uh, some stickers and some business cards. And I pretty much ran out, which was a good thing. I came loaded for bear, but there were so many uh, listeners that uh, that came at that, you know, they, they took me up on the offer. So uh, that was really good. And again, folks, I can't say thank you enough for just the nice things you say, whether you're in Philly or you're all the way across in Australia or Hawaii or whoever or wherever, and uh, you send us a message. So uh, that's the that's where the great thing of social media comes into play. I know sometimes social media can be a, a negative, uh, toxic place, but at the same time, if you use it for the right reasons, it uh, can be a beautiful place, just like life, just like life. But uh, again, folks, thank you all so much for all the kind words that you said to me in the city of brotherly love in one of my favorite buildings, my favorite building to ever wrestle in. Obviously, it looks a lot different now than last time I wrestled in about seven, eight years ago. But the uh, the ECW arena it's a legendary venue. And if you've never been in there before, obviously, WrestleMania weekend is coming up uh, in April, first week of April. Oh, and we are Rob and I have secured our tickets. So, yes, we will be going to WrestleMania. But there's a good possibility that they're going to be doing a whole bunch of indie shows and hopefully they run the ECW arena. And if you've never been there before and you're coming in for WrestleMania, a giant mural that you see in everybody's pictures where it says ECW 1992 to 2000, 2001, that's actually in the men's bathroom, which is kind of weird because you figured everybody wants their pictures taken in front of it. And there's sometimes the ladies will come in, you know, it's uh, it's kind of on the other side where the sinks are, not where the actual toilets and the urinals are. But the boy, this podcast is off to a run and start, huh? But there is, uh, if you if you are planning on coming into Philadelphia for WrestleMania, um, definitely plan on visiting the ECW arena and get your picture taken in front of the mural, which is in the men's bathroom. But uh, I'm sure someone will, uh, okay, come find me. We'll make sure that there's no shenanigans coming on. you got to get your picture taken in front of the uh, the ECW spray paint and banner and if you look closely on there you see like the sandman signature and like sabu and rvd so it's cool it's on the brick wall again in the bathroom so uh yeah it's 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 a legendary uh venue again i grew up two hours away from philly now i'm a little more than a little over an hour so i'm a little closer but just growing up in the 90s and in the 90s i was in high school so you're in the grunge phase you're in the you know you're you're getting a little more rebellious you're looking for something different other than hulkamania and stuff like that, and uh, ECW was the trick for me, man, and I've been in that building for ECW shows, a few of them, and I've been uh, so blessed and honored to wrestle uh, in that building for a handful of companies, Ring of Honor, CZW, um, Chikara, a whole bunch, so yeah, that building has special meaning to me, so uh, anywho, I was only able to see two matches, just because I was just so busy just talking to people, and, and, and again, if you've heard this show before, you've seen me on social media, all you have to come up to me and say, hey, Matt Turner, let's talk about stardom. I will go on and on and on. So the two matches I watched, of course, the main one, the whole reason why I was there for the New Japan Strong Women's Champion, uh, Giselle Shaw, Diana Perazzo, Momo Kogo, and Julia. So I thought this was going to be like co-main event or a little higher up on the card. I think it was like fourth or fifth in. And Momo Kogo was the first one out, and there was a person that was in front of me. Huge Momo Kogo fan jumping up and down when she came down. Made a ton of noise for her. He had the Momo Kogo towel that you usually see at the stardom shows. So people have the Mina towel and the Tam towel. He had the Momo Kogo towel. He was a huge, huge fan of Momo Kogo, and he was super nice and respected for me because he kind of like got in front of me. But I was like, hey, man, I'm, I had standing room uh, tickets. I was like, hey, no, man, I get it. You know, but you, you don't have to apologize. That's who you're here to see. Absolutely, man. Have fun. Have fun. So, um, and then uh, then Giselle Shaw came out. Diana Prazo came out. Really good pop. And then uh, Julia came out. She had pyro, which is cool. 
and huge pop, huge pop. And again, I've been in that that venue for the pops of Shane Douglas, Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, RVD, et cetera, et cetera. And it was was right up there. There was nobody, and I, I tweeted it out. There was not one person sitting when Julia came out. Everybody was standing, chanting women's wrestling, chanting holy. You know, I'm not going to say because it's a clean show. Uh, holy, you know what? You've been there. <laughs> you've seen ecw shows before you know what it was and women's wrestling as well got a big chant which was which was good which was really good Giselle shy i really haven't seen much of and she really showed out very athletic very charismatic very very good now i understand why she was in that match momo Kog was great as always um but anytime diana perrazzo and julia were in the ring together that's kind of where the magic really was and they really didn't have to do much they just had to have a stare down you could just feel the anticipation building you know as gorilla monsoon would say you can cut the anticipa anticipation easy for me to say with a knife so hopefully somewhere down the line that's where they go with that i'll get into that in a second so julia uh does get the victory with the northern lights bomb over uh giselle shah and uh, then momokogo right afterwards comes up to her and starts like throwing forearms it's like oh now rest for the weary or wicked here so maybe they're setting up somewhere down the line of momokogo versus julia singles match for the strong belt and maybe Diana Prazo as well we know coming up at the pay-per-view Labor Day weekend uh, I believe it's the 3rd of September Julia is going to be defending against Risa Sarah which is awesome love Risa Sarah it seemed like once Suzu Suzuki came over uh, full-time to stardom that we'd be seeing Risa Sarah really not that much so the fact that we're going to be seeing her again here in just about two weeks time two three weeks time um and on a pay-per-view against julia it's going to be great so yeah julia has that star power we everybody in the ecw arena they love love that julia there's a clip all over twitter where um she took a picture or like how these two younger girls i want to say eight or nine years old so that was nice so it's nice to see that julia is representing all ages which that's what stardom does you see you know if you see a stardom show you see anybody to you know six or seven year old girls all the way up to 80 85 year old men so that's just one of the many beauty things about stardom Oh, the other match I did see was the main event was uh, Alex Shelley versus uh, Roshi Tanahashi, which is really good. Tanahashi, obviously, he's getting up there in years. You can see the wear and tear and the sacrifices that he's made is put on his body. But the guy can still go. He can still go. And thank you, Tanahashi, for all the sacrifices you have made to the professional wrestling business and to us fans. But uh, it was a really cool spot where Tanahashi goes for the high fly flow and he misses. Then Alex Shelley hits the bomb IA, which is Nakamura's big finisher when he was in New Japan, one of the uh, the biggest feuds Tanahashi had, especially upcoming, was Nakamura, and he even yelled out the yow, which I don't think he's ever done in WWE. So he hits that to the back of Tanahashi's head, and then he hits the Rainmaker, which obviously is Okada's move. And they go back and forth a little bit, and then eventually uh, Alex Shelley puts him away with the shell shock. So I thought that was an uh, excellent match. Um, afterwards, I was leaving. Uh, Diana Peraza was there for a meet and greet, so figured I'd say hello and chat with her. And the first question I asked her was, what was it like to, you know, be in the ring with Julia for her first U.S. experience? And sometimes you can see if a wrestler is going to give you the wrestler answer or if they're going to break it down to the core of who they am. I'm fine with them still being in character because they're in front of fans. Uh, at the end of the day, we're all fans, right? doesn't matter if we're in the ring, out of the ring, podcasting, wrestling. I think we're all fans. But uh, so Usually when I ask that question, I can kind of tell if you're going to be in character, I got no problem with that. I'm not going to I'm not going to break it down for that. But you can just see the gleam in her eye, how happy she was. And she said it was absolutely amazing that you can just feel the aura when she walks into the a room or a building or the ring and just the little stare down they had. I said, you guys got to have that one on one match. And then she mentioned that there was a, kind of like a little promo that they did. So hopefully somewhere down the line after they were doing a promo for it, um, it's probably going to happen. Knock on wood. 
hopefully somewhere down the line uh, we see that. I'd like to see a two-match series. Maybe they do it in Impact and maybe go to a draw and then they come over and then Deanna comes over here to Stardom. I would love to see Deanna have another run at Stardom. She had that run in 2018 where she had a shot at Momo Watanabe's Wonder of Stardom Championship. It was a great match and a very different match in Momo's run. And for you Patreon members, um, that entire Momo Watanabe Wonder of Stardom run, it, the review is in there. So, um, and we do break that down as a di it's a different match. And again, that was 2018. Pretty sure it was 2018. So it's a different Deanna Perrazzo. She was great then, don't get me wrong, but she's much better now. Fast forward five years later. So I'd like to see that match happen. I'd like to see it happen in Stardom. I'd like to see that more than once. And I would like to see Deanna get a nice little run over here in Stardom. But, uh, I don't think Impact will let her go for too, too long because she's just a big star and a sweetheart of a person. Sweetheart. We had a nice 10, 12-minute conversation. Talked about a couple other things that um won't get into just yet. You know, I don't want to, fingers crossed, we're hopefully uh, doing something, you know, down the line. But uh, sweetheart of a person and uh, had time for everybody to talk to all the fans that were there. So I uh, wish her nothing but the best. And again, hopefully we see her in Japan in a star ring soon. But uh, I would bet... Good money that we're going to see that one-on-one -on -one Julia versus Diana Perrazzo match. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of like my little segment there, folks, for the uh, the New Japan uh, Impact uh, show. Again, I kind of just wanted to get right into it uh, right from the start just because it was fresh in my mind because it was just uh, as of this recording three days ago. So, um, yeah, and it was a pretty, pretty packed house, pretty packed house. And a lot of uh, the listeners, a lot of the friends and family of Stardom cast, we all kind of chatted saying Stardom runs a U.S. show. In the States, especially WrestleMania weekend, and they do it in that building, it guaranteed it'll sell out. And I totally agree. Totally agree. They ran one uh, five years ago, um, back in, yeah, 2000, uh, excuse me, yeah, about four years ago. I think it was 2019. They ran uh, WrestleMania 29 weekend. They ran it uh, in New York. I obviously wasn't there because at that time I wasn't watching Stardom. So I think they drew pretty well. So I'd love to see them come back and do one or two Stardom shows. In the U.S., especially WrestleMania weekend, Philly, hot Philly crowd, smart Philly crowd, passionate Philly crowd, ECW arena, you know, cheesesteaks and uh, yinglings, baby, you know, and stardom. How much better does it get? How much better does it get? But uh, again, thanks to everybody that came up to me and said just nothing but positive things um, about the show. Again, we really, really appreciate it. just really shows how far the show has come. And, uh, you know, obviously we have a lot more to do. We have a lot more to do, folks. Okay. Let's talk about Patreon. What is up on the Patreon this past week? Alternate commentary. Myself and one Rob Goodwin. We released Sai Kamatani defending the Wonder of Stardom Championship against Utami Ayashista from night one of World Climax. Uh, also for alternate commentary coming up next week will be the Generation Struggle eight-person tag match from Cork and Hall from about two months ago. Um, that pitted Sai Kamatani teaming with Utami Hayashista. Suzu Suzuki and Micah to take on the team of Tam Nakano, Shuri, Julia, and Mayu Iwatani. So that will be on your Patreon feeds next week. Also, the homework is finished. And it was massive amount of homework, and I'm so excited to record it. I will be recording it this weekend. Sayakamatani, all 17 matches of her legendary Wonder of Stardom run. I will be recording that this weekend. Uh, sometimes I record after work where I have a little bit of time. I know that baby's going to take me over two hours. So that'll be in your Patreon feeds by the end of the month. Uh, actually, the bribe, Sean, I'm taking Sean out to dinner, our editor, taking out to dinner tonight because I have to let him know, hey, buddy, the, uh, 
the next uh, Patreon episode that comes out, that one's going to be a banger. Rob does a lot of the editing of the podcast, but those bi-weekly ones, that's all on uh, my man Sean. Uh, and he, he, he's the he, you know he's the one to he edits the uh, the music in at the beginning as well. Uh, so yeah, I got to bribe him with some dinner and uh, maybe a few a uh, few brewskis tonight. Let him know it's, like, the one coming up in the uh, the drive. It's gonna it's gonna be a banger. So uh, the only thing left that I have to do. Again, I have everything written down. I went back and watched all these matches, and uh, I had a blast. I watched all those matches live as they happened, except for maybe one, I think, like the Unagi match. I, don't, I think I had something going on where I couldn't wake up at 3. But it was so great watching those matches and watching them in sequence, and that's what I love about doing these um, championship runs or whether they're five-star runs or Cinderella runs. You get to understand the psychology and the selling and where they're getting better at certain things. And uh, so the last thing I have to do is I figure it's already against the – Episode's going to be well over two hours. So what I'm going to do is at the very end, I'm just going to rank them. One through, again, I think it's 17. Um, I've only had the tablet in my hands three hours every day for how long. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and if you haven't, if you've ever thinking about subscribing to the the Patreon, uh, that, one's, that one's on. Oh, it's only a $3 tier, folks. That one's only the $3 tier. And uh, you will get my review and breakdown of the greatest wonder of stardom championship run. Of all time, Saya Kamatani, the Golden Phoenix. And, uh, you know, Saya Kamatani, obviously, she's got a bum wing, bum arm. And uh, we hope to see her back in the starter ring soon. Because, boy, I tell you what, she is special. She is a special talent boy, let me tell you. So, uh, the news. There really wasn't too much news. Usually, that's kind of Rob's thing. And uh, I didn't have too much time to prep for the news. But, really, the main big news coming out of stardom from this week is the rumors that uh, the Fighting Princess, the foreign ace herself, the former uh, one half of the Goddess of Stardom Champions, Mariah May, heading on over to AEW. So, again, it's uh, nothing signed in stone. It's just rumors, but it's been, I think it was Fightful and uh, maybe The Observer. Could be wrong. Don't quote me. Don't quote me. Matt Turner quotes Dave Meltzer, says it's a done deal. No, don't quote me. Um, that uh, should be heading over to AEW. We mentioned uh, again when we were on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast that certain wrestlers would be perfect fits over in one of the big two in America. And uh, he said Mariah May is someone that is who I didn't know anything of when she debuted in Stardom earlier this year. And fast forward, you know, seven eight months later, it's like she's so good. She's gotten. I mean, she was. Everyone was telling me coming in she was pretty good, but she's gotten so much better. And uh, that just goes to show you how hard she's working in the stardom dojo and uh how hard and she took pictures in front of billy robinson's chair at the snake pick dojo in japan and uh again those you know who uh those of us excuse me those of you who are new to the podcast again welcome but uh i do some training and catch wrestling uh over at snake pick usa which is in uh, new jersey about two hours away from me and billy robinson is like one of the best modern day coaches of catch wrestling. Now, Billy passed away a handful of years ago, but his, uh, his teachings have been passed down to some of the people that have, uh, have taught me by no means am I an expert, but I've spent a lot of time, uh, practicing training and seminars and camps and whatnot with, uh, catches, catch, Ken wrestling. And so the name Billy Robinson really strings at my heartstrings. And the fact that Mariah may is in the snake pit and she's sitting next to the chair. Billy Robinson was using to teach, uh, people like Kimura, people like uh, Sakuraba. I mean, that's uh, that's huge. That's huge. And it's just goes to show you how hard she's working over there in Japan. So, again, uh, basically kind of what we Rob and I both told Chris and uh, and his listeners was she's somebody that is that 
a Tony Khan, a Vince McMahon, a Triple H would easily pick up on one. No, I mean, let's call it like we see it. As soon as she's dropped it, gorgeous. So that's something that you're going to want on your TV. But the fact that she can cut a promo, she can sell, she can do anything and everything, not only in the ring, but curtain to curtain. And that's somebody that's Tony Khan's going to want on his TV that as soon as some, as soon as she goes through the curtain, you know, whether it's on a WWE show or an AEW show, people are like, oh, that she's a star. She's a star. And as gorgeous as she is in person, She's even better in the ring. I mean, she's a phenomenal, phenomenal in-ring performer and a great tag wrestler with Mina. So we don't know how much longer we're going to have Mariah May. Maybe the interests are there and they have been there. Maybe she wants to stay in Japan, you know, 6, 8, 10, 12 months. You know, who knows? But uh, love what she's doing with uh, Mina Shirakawa. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe Mariah May will be on your TV and maybe on a Monday night, maybe on a Friday night, Saturday night. Wednesday night, but it's wrestling all nights of the week, isn't it? Boy, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. So more news on that as we get it. But, uh, yeah, I, I would not be shocked by the end of the year or early next year. We see Mariah May in an AEW or WWE ring. I'd rather see her in the AEW ring um, just because I think that uh, she would fit in maybe better with, with some of the roster. But you know what? I'm kind of foot my mouth there. She'll fit in anywhere because she's so talented. She's just so talented and a really good promo. And that was another funny thing. A lot of when the rumors were coming out all over social media that she may be headed to AEW, a lot of people were like, well, can she cut an English promo? It's like, she speaks English. <laughs> I thought that was great. It just goes to show you how sometimes people jump the gun. Like, clearly you've never seen this person before. You're only looking at the picture. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. Even though the cover is nice, again, Mariah May, absolutely fantastic and stellar in the ring. Um, but I guess that'll do it for that, folks. Let's get into these three show reviews, shall we? You'll be hearing me turning pages as I keep two notebooks with me at all times, uh, one for the shows, and then I have a specific one that is geared towards just the five-star Grand Prix. So that's how I keep everything up to date. Okay, folks, I got uh, the attendance numbers. Again, shout out my man Derek Chatton, who helped me out, hooked me up literally last minute with the attendance numbers. So we will go to Corican Hall. What a show this was. The most loaded Corican Hall show, the most attended professional wrestling Corican Hall show, this year, 1,519 people, this show took place on the 15th of August. The opening match saw the Stars team of Hana, Saida Koguma, defeat the um, Queen's Quest team of Hina, Lady C, and Miyu Amasaki, where Saida pins Hina with the Hita, with the uh, Ida bus, uh, Buster. 7 minutes, 23 seconds. This crowd was hot from the moment the bell rang, and they stayed hot all the way up to the main event with the Zumi Nutami. Um, folks, we are huge fans of Saida on this podcast. She doesn't get as many wins as we'd like. She's been getting some more W's, though. So in this match, you have Koguma, right? Former high-speed uh, challenger, former um, one half of the Goddess of Stardom tag champs with Suzuki. Then you have Hanan, arguably the greatest uh, future Stardom champion and somebody that clearly they're grooming to be the future of the company. And the future looks bright because she's fantastic. And Hanan is in the five-star, which is obviously running. So they could have put Koguma over. They could have put Han over. No, they put Saida over, which is awesome, and which is awesome. And again, we'll get into Saida getting crazy over in that New Blood 10 show in just a little bit. But uh, good, solid opener with, again, Ida getting the win with the Ida Buster, three and a quarter stars. Match number two saw the Cosmic Angels team of Unimizumori and Natsupoi defeat the uh, Gazai team of Wonder of Stardom champion Mirai and uh, high-speed champion Saki Kashima. 
when uh, Mariah, excuse me, um, I had that the other way around. Uh, Mariah and Saki Kashima, the, ch- the two champions, defeat Yuna Mizumori and Natsupoi. When Mariah taps out Yuna Mizumori via the Scorpion Deathlock, 4 minutes, 51 seconds. I thought this match should have gotten a little more time. Natsupoi is on an absolute tear. Yuna Mizumori is one of the most approved wrestlers in all of wrestling. Saki Kashima is always great in her role, no matter what they give her. And Mariah's Mariah. She's one of the best, you know, best in the world. And she's holding that the Wonder of Stardom Championship for a reason. But the fact that they only got a little under five minutes, I guess I get it because you have all those five-star matches which at the end of the show, which got a decent amount of time. But I don't think it would have hurt anybody if they gave this match another minute or two. Regardless, um, again, three and a quarter stars. Everybody worked hard. It would be nice to see maybe they run this one back when Yuna is the official member of Cosmic Angels, which I still think is going to happen. Uh, maybe with a little more time. But, uh, you know, it was good for what it was. Move on to match number three in the last non-tournament match. is Suzu Suzuki, Megan Bain, um, uh, Nanai Takahashi, and Mace defeating the uh, What a Makeshift team that is. Suzu, Megan Bain, Nanai, and May. Uh, t- they defeat the team, the Uedota team of Starlight Kid, Fukin Death, Natsuko Tora, and Ruwaka. Nine minutes, 38 seconds, where uh, Megan Bain pins Ruwaka after an F5. Three and a half stars. This match uh, went a shade under 10 minutes, nine minutes, 38 seconds. Again, the crowd was super, super hot for that match. Uh, and everybody got over. Everybody in the show got over. Everybody played their role really well, did what they needed to do. But really good job kind of building Megan Bain up. And I've had a lot of our listeners ask me, what, what's going to happen with Megan Bain now? It just seems like they built her up just to feed her to Tam. And... Uh, at Stardom X Stardom, which we covered last week, which was a great show and such a uh, match that over-delivered. What a great, great title match from Tam. I think they're just going to build Megan Bain back up again. You know, give her some more wins in this tag stuff, kind of see where it goes, and maybe uh, you know have her do her tour, maybe run out to the end of the year, maybe build her up until Dream Queendom, and then maybe have like a Hazuki beater or a Saeeda beater. Like have it like, I wouldn't have her lose again. You know, I have her keep getting the Ws in these tag matches. And then maybe bring her back maybe sometime in the spring next year or summer next year. I think I've looked at like her, Zena, Jesse, who are all Zaya Brookside. Can't forget about her. Zaya Brookside's great. Um, I would love to see them come back from time to time. You know, do a couple tours, have them go tour the world, and then come back. Um, I think that would be good. It freshens up the rosters. It freshens up the matchups. None of that because uh, Club Venus really needs some members, especially if Mariah May is on her if she's leaving. That just comes down to Waka and Mina. So it'll be nice to see Zaya come in for maybe six weeks. Nice to see Jesse come in for maybe four weeks, uh, so on and so forth. So I think that's what we can do with Megan Bain. Again, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I think that's what maybe what they should do. Um, let me know. Let me know what you guys think. What do you think the plans are for Megan Bain going forward? Again, I think they just build her up over the next few months and then a Dream Queen, um, you know, have somebody beat her. So again, it means something like how Tam did. Um, so, okay, let's get into the main crux of this show, match number four on this show. And we're going to go into the five-star matches in more detail because, to me, that's these three stardom shows are really, really good. But the uh, the five-star matches, in my opinion, are really kind of the meat and bones of this episode and really these three stardom shows. So we're kind of just going to breeze through everything a little bit, but we're going to go deep into these uh, five-star matches. So the next match, Samoma Wantanabe. Move up to six points when she gets her victory over Sori Anu when Momo hits the Tequila Sunrise uh, that was at quarter two count. And she follows up with the Rolling Peach Sunrise in 9 minutes, 22 seconds. 
So Momo jumps Soryanu in the aisle way, uh, throws Soryanu in the front row while Soryanu uh, still has a robe on, which is kind of that's, you know, that's something too because you're taking bumps and you're moving and you're trying to not trip your feet up while you have Momo Watanabe, who's notorious for being violent, especially in Cork and Hall. So it's like I was kind of worried, you know, if you, I'm sure everybody saw night one where Soryanu got the top of her head busted open. Now I'm like, I hope she doesn't blow a knee out because mom was just beating the crap out of her and tossing her into the, the second and third row while she still has her robe on. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Uh, Momo hits a snap suplex on the floor. And then uh, all of a widow tie pretty much blind the ref. You can cheat, you know, make sure you don't do it in the front of the ref. It hits this huge, loud bat shot. These bat shots in the cork and all shows. I don't know what they're putting in it. I don't want to know. Don't tell me the magic trick. But boy, it seems like, not corking, excuse me, these five stars, it's like they must have got a louder bat. Or something, or I, you know, what it could be really and kudos to stardom is the camera work and, and the mic work lately. The last handful of shows have been better. The camera work, the cameras, they seem way clearer. I think they're like 4K, and even the sound sounds so much better. I think maybe that's why the crowds are coming in better. And double thumbs up to the fine folks over at Stardom World for getting these shows up in like 24 hours. Absolutely amazing. As much as I like to have live shows, I can only get up at two or three o'clock so many times, folks. So many times. So sometimes it is nice waiting the one day and then when it comes up, I'm like I actually have time for that. So Stardom really up in their production quality, and that's awesome. And again, the the, uh, the folks over there running Stardom World, uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say thank you for getting these shows up within within 24 hours. Because when we see these matchups happening, we're like they they have to be bangers, and they all are. And uh, we're salivating again. I know we have a lot of listeners that don't subscribe to Stardom World that only watch the YouTube shows. I understand that, folks. It's like $8. It's like $8 a month. It's a little over $2 a week. And not only do you get these five-star matches, you can watch last year's five-star. You can watch EO from 2016, 17, 18. You can watch Mayu from her run in 2019, 2020. I can go on and on. Anywho, Momo opens up with some kicks. Soryanu and Momo Watanabe exchange some stiff chops. Momo attempts a mid-kick, but Soryanu counters with a beautiful dragon screw leg whip. And then locks Mumbo Watanabe in the figure eight submission. So it's uh, it's the figure four, but of course, Sorry News got a bridge. That's her thing. And uh, very reminiscent to Charlotte Flair's figure eight submission. Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. Anu stays on Momo's knee. Uh, Momo hits the Tree of Woe dropkick. Momo follows up with a Samato, uh, the Meteor, for a two count. Forearm trade off turns into a kick trade off. Sorry uh, gets her Karana for a two count. Momo hits a mid-kick, uh, and then uh, Momo rolls through a backslide uh, attempt and hits a, her, her vicious punk kick. Mori and, Momo and Sori trade suplex attempts back and forth. The ref gets blinded. Uh, Momo goes for a bat shot, but that gets a failed bat shot with Sori. Hits a, uh, she's able, excuse me, Sori ducks the bat shot. Hits a pair of German suplexes that scores the Cosmic Angel member a two-count. She goes for the uh, Tempest. Uh, the flipping neckbreaker. Momo counters that with a head kick. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Um, the head kick goes right into the inhumane driver for a two count. Great balls. The crowd is so hot for this. Um, Momo goes for the peach thunder, but uh, Soryanu escapes with a Hurricanrana pin attempt for a two count. Momo then comes back, hits the tequila sunrise and the rolling peach sunrise. So two in a row, really three head ups uh, in a row for the three count. Nine minutes, 22 seconds. Four and a half stars. This match was fantastic. All these five star matches have been excellent, but these the one in KBS Hall and these ones are like, holy geez, I'm only paying eight dollars for this. 
don't don't have the subscription price though, folks. Uh, over at Steinem World. Uh, but uh, tell you what, it's worth triple the price. It really is. Again, if you're not subscribing to Stardom World and you're listening to the podcast, what are you doing? What are you doing? Go subscribe to Stardom World. Uh, match number five of this show saw the yeah, Cosmic Games, the Club Vena, Club Venus team members wrestling each other. So Rose Gold, Mina Shirakawa coming in with six points, taking on Mariah May coming in with two points. Sees Mariah May. Doubling her points, two plus two equals four, as she shocks Mina Shirakawa, a lot of people in Cork and Hall, and me as well, as she gets hits the happily ever after at 11 minutes and 47 seconds to get the win over Mina Shirakawa. Match starts with a chop and form exchange. Mariah May opens up with some chops. Mina tries early on to go to the knee, but Mariah May... She knows her partner's tricks. So I thought it was really cool how she kept trying to get to the knee. But Mariah May's like, no, no, no. I've seen this on the apron before. This is what you do. This is your stick. Uh, but Mariah May, God bless her. She sticks to the game plan, which I really like that psychology. It's like, eventually I'm going to get it. It's like Mike Tyson. You know he's going to throw that uppercut. And he may miss six or seven times. But he knows he's eventually going to find a way to get it. And once he does, that's where he's going to get the advantage. So eventually, uh, I mean, it sticks with her game plan. Again, I love that psychology. And Mina Shirakawa just does that so perfectly. Her psychology is so good. So good and so basic, so simple. Kiss, keep it simple, stupid. Not the band. Rock and roll all night. Anywho, um, Mina peppers Mariah May with some kicks. Locks in the figure four. Uh, Mariah hits a big boot to slow down, uh, slow Mina's pace down. Mariah hits the big double jump drop kick for two count. Mariah tries for the top rope handstand. But Mina counters and goes right back to uh, Mariah May's knee. Again, really good psychology. How she would it would ebb and flow. She would go to the strikes. Mariah May would come back, and then Mina would just start taking out Mariah's knee. Um, uh, Mariah May she hit this really cool spot where uh, Mariah is on the uh, the rope selling, and she has Mariah May's leg up like in a figure four, but she's standing, and she does a dragon screw out of it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. She has to be on the ropes because. She's got nothing to balance on. So that was cool. I've never seen like Tanahashi or Fujinami do that. Uh, I thought that was really, really cool and really creative. Um, yeah, and, and Mariah May selling of the knee here was spot on, spot on. Mina uh, locks back in the figure four. They exchange slaps. At this point, the crowd, this is where the crowd's at its hottest. Uh, Mina hits the back, back fist implant DDT combination for two. She tries for the glamorous driver Mina, but the Mariah May escapes. She hits a Beautiful release German suplex. It's another uh, part of Mariah May's game that's really improving is those throws, those suplexes, backdrop drivers, stuff like that. You can tell she's really working on her core throws. Uh, May hits a uh, cartwheel apron powerbomb. Mina gets in right at 19. Great tease of a countout. You figured if someone told me that Mariah May is going to get the win over Mina, I figured that's probably going to be a countout, right? Uh, that would kind of make the most sense to keep the former champion uh, strong. So, but, and I thought that, that, that would have been here. I thought that would have been here. Really great tease. Uh, May hits the angels wings for a two count. We get a slap exchange. Uh, May, uh, really Mariah May shows really good fighting spirit here. I thought that was, uh, another one of her, uh, really good attributes, uh, in this match. Uh, Mariah May hits the TKO for two count. And then she follows up with the happily ever after tombstone for the three count to get the win over her tag partner and the leader of club Venus. Four and a quarter stars, folks. And considering the fact that Mina Shirakawa defeated Mirai, the Wonder of Stardom Champion, and I have a feeling that's going to lead to a uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship match probably in the winter. Maybe that's where Mina gets her run. Mariah May, maybe before she goes, if she goes, she can say, Hey, Mina, I beat you in the five star 
I deserve a title shot. And maybe on the, they do the rematch. Look how much Mariah May better. Look how better Mariah May has gotten in the last six months. Just think another three or four months with her and Mina. 20, 21 minutes for the Wonder Starting Championship sometime at the end of this year, beginning of next year. Yes, please. Yes, please. Again, four and a quarter stars. Excellent job, Mariah May. Uh, again, fighting spirit, selling. Uh, and they go hand in hand, folks. They go hand in hand. That's where she shined here. Match number six of this show, the match that I was looking forward to the most. And when you look at this card, you didn't know what's going to be an event. You know, with the fact that we had these three, really, these five matches, but these three matches back to back to back. Oh, boy, we're so spoiled to be Steiner fans, are we not? Sashiri defeating Hazuki, who just can't get a five-star win, losing her first three this year, lost, I think, her last three or four last year. Poor Hazuki, again, show favorite, favorite of everyone. Shiri goes up to five points when she uh, submits Hazuki with the uh, White Dragon um, uh the the, uh, the white dragon uh, excuse me the white tiger stretch muffler can't read my own handwriting it actually looks halfway good here um, good chain wrestling to start Hazuki tries for boot scrapes but Sherry makes her pay with some really brutal kicks but Hazuki she's not playing around either I mean she hits back with some super stiff kicks super stiff forearms as Hazuki's desperate here really get her first two points and again she's going up against the winner of this tournament in 2021 and the former world of stardom champion. Hazuki hits a full Nelson slam and a senton combination. She goes back to the boot scrapes face wash combination, which she does perfect. She's able to get it. And Hazuki does a great job getting the crowd involved with the clapping. The crowd's already hot. They're hot for the whole show. They want to see this match. Hazuki's over. Sherry's over. But Hazuki does that little extra just to make sure that they're trying to blow the roof off Cork and Hall. And then they have two matches to follow afterwards. I thought that was great. Um, Sherry hits that front headlock suplex and then locks in the White Tiger submission. She goes for an apron punk kick. Uh, looks like she slipped off the apron, but she takes a nasty bump here. Hazuki gets out of the way. Uh, Hazuki follows up with her beautiful suicide dive, and then she throws Shiri back in the ring. She hits a springboard drop kick and a front suplex into a lung blower. New move. I've never seen Hazuki do that before. So she had his uh, Shiri up for uh, like suplex, but instead of dropping her back, she dropped her forward, and on the way down, Hazuki hit the double knees into Shiri's chest like a lung blower. Again, I've never seen that done before. If she has, and she has a cool name, let me know, guys. I thought that was really cool. Hazuki then locks in the crossface. Smart. You went to Sherry's lungs. You're trying to take out her air. Crossface, the way Hazuki locks it, it goes over the nose and the mouth, really to interrupt the breathing. So really good psychology there. Uh, crowd's really behind Hazuki here. They love Sherry, but I just want to see poor Hazuki get a win. God bless her. Hazuki's the best. Um, Hazuki hits a draping lung blower, follows up with a top rope senton for a two count. Sherry escapes the brain buster and hits a German suplex and follows up with a brutal head kick. Uh, Hazuki hits a huge pump kick, uh, and then Sherry comes back, and they trade uh, They trade kicks. Sherry hits a head kick and a running knee. Um, at that point, Hazuki gets up and goes in full Hazuki mode. And what we mean by that, folks, is full Hazuki, full, full Hazuki mode is when Hazuki grabs you by the back of the neck and throws about 84 forearms, and then you collapse. And even when you're collapsed... And when you're collapsing, Hazuki's still throwing those forearms. So uh, that's what we call full Hazuki mode or Hazuki mania here on the Stardom cast. Sherry comes back, hits the jumping knee for a two count, goes back into the White Tiger. Uh, Hazuki rolls through and uh, locks in the Hazuki straw for 2.9 that everybody bid on the finish. Sherry comes up with another kick and the Ruen for a two count back into the White Tiger stretch muffler. And this is great because when we've seen Sherry win so many matches with this, with this version of the stretch muffler. And usually people tap right away. 
but like Hazuki was hanging out and the crowd psychology when she tapped was genius here because she wasn't tapping right away. She was waiting to get the crowd at the right point and she's holding on, holding on, holding on. You can see the pain in Hazuki's face, but yet the fight at the same time, which is just brilliant that Hazuki in that one moment is in the ring and you can see pain, you can see desperation, but yet you can see fight and heart in that submission. And then you just see Shuri just lock in more on the knee and on the Achilles. And when she locked that in a little bit deeper, that's where Suzuki tapped. I thought that was brilliant. I had this match at four and a half stars, but I actually gave it another quarter star because of just on the submission. The way they cranked it, the way they sold it, the way they bumped up the crowd. It was at a fever pitch this whole match anyway. I actually gave it four and three four stars, and this was my actually my favorite match of this night, which uh, I know I mean, it, it, it could be a toss up in these five matches. Again, eleven minutes thirty nine seconds. Sherry getting the win, moving up to five points. We move on to the co-main event. If you would have asked me, I would have said this was going to be the main event, even though I had a good idea what the result was going to be. You have Mayu Itani, the uh, former World of Stardom champion, the current IWGP Women's Champion, or Joshi champion as they announce her, taking on the wonder, former wonder of Cyber Champion and the current world of Cyber Champion. See how I caught that. Um, and Tam Nakano both coming in with four points. They go to the 15 minute time limit draw. So now they're both at five points, which now asks the question if they tie, what do they do? Do they have another match? Like if they're tied at the top of the block, there's no tiebreaker because they had a time limit draw. I wonder if they'll ever address that. That'd be something. Um, if you know the history between these two, Tam was part of a Weto Tai. Uh, Weto Tai lost a uh, gauntlet match against Queen's Quest, where a losing member had to leave, very much like the cage match uh, they had with Queen's Quest. Tam was the loser. She gets recruited from Mayu. Mayu basically uh, puts her under a wing. Mayu, Saki Kashima, and Tam were all at the. They were all the Artists of Stardom champions. Well, they were the Artists of Stardom champions together and of course both of them turn on them Ma uh, tam eventually uh recruits mina and yunagi as cosmic angels as they're a branch of stars eventually tam's like no i'm good on my own i'm good on my own and they've never had the blow off before every time that they've wrestled since then it's been to a draw and even on a show i think it was osaka super wars rob was here he, he would tell me but they when tam was the wonder of stardom champion they wrestled to a 30 minute drought which was an excellent match so crowd coming off a hot match they can't wait for this one. They're super hot for this one. Super hot for this one as you have two of the biggest stars in stardom in Cork and Hall. And you have the New Japan Women's Champion and the current Red Belt Champion in the five-star. This isn't even the main event. So just from the stare down. Uh, and Mayu and Tam do such a great job of working the crowd on the stare down. Just from the stare down, the crowd is hot, fever pitch. But eventually they do wrestle, folks. They do wrestle because that's what they're here for. The name on the marquee says wrestling. Mayu works over Tam's arm with a wrist lock. Mayu starts to kick away at Tam. Mayu hits the corner evasion drop kick. Uh, Mayu goes for the dive, but Tam cuts her off. And Tam hits a neck breaker onto the apron. Tam tries for a top row dive herself. Mayu cuts her off. They strike exchange on the top of the, uh, on the, top of the uh, turnbuckle. Mayu tries for a top rope run to the floor. She must have been watching those Sai Kamatani versus Tam matches. Um, however, Tam stops Mayu, uh, locking in a knee bar, having Mayu just dangling there on the top rope, li looking at the first three rows of Corrigan Hall. Folks, I'm afraid of heights. That would have been really, really scary. Um, eventually, Tam lets go of the knee bar. Mayu takes this terrible spill, of course, to the apron, then to the floor. Tam hits the top rope dive. Hey, you're already there, right? When in Rome or when in Corrigan. 
Uh, Tam hits a pump knee and back suplex for two count while we get back in the ring. Mayu hits the crucifix bomb for two count. Uh, and then Mayu locks in modified dragon sleeper that we've seen her win a handful of matches before. Uh, eventually she turns that in into the dragon suplex or German suplex. I like that. I like how she had the dragon sleeper in, realized she wasn't able to tam away. Uh, and then she just changes it, transitions it into a German suplex for a two count. Mayu hits a basin drop kick. She goes to the top rope for a double stomp, misses. Tam comes back with a German suplex. Uh, Mayu and Tam trade German suplexes back and forth. Tam hits three in a row that eventually get her a two count. Tam hits a spin kick into the Tiger Suplex, which we saw her beat Megan Bain with uh, last week. So a lot of people thought that would have been the finish. Mayu escapes the uh, Violent Screwdriver, uh, counters it with the Dragon Suplex for a two count. Tam hits a spin kick. Mayu hits a super kick. They trade back and forth. Uh, Mayu hits a one-leg corner drop kick that sends Tam to the floor. Mayu hits her insane and one of the best suicide dives ever uh, in wrestling onto Tam. Uh, Mayu pitches Tam back in the ring. It's the Joshi-style dropkick. Shout out Shane Hagedorn for coining that like 15 years ago, which is the flatback dropkick. Mayu then... If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Excuse me, Mayo then follows up the drop kick with the frog splash for a two count. She goes for a super kick, but Tam catches the super kick, and then uh, she lay kicks Mayu. That sets up for the violent screwdriver for a two count, and then Tam... Cinches in the Twilight Dream, but when she hits it, the time expires. 15 minute time limit draw, four and a half stars. And I like it when they do these time limit draws where they show that somebody's on top. Meaning Tam hit her two moves back to back. Excuse me, the Violent Screwdriver, the Twilight Dream. And Mayu didn't kick out. It's just the time expired. So if this had an extra two or three seconds, would have Tam been the victor? Again, like a very good comic book or a very good book, you want to leave with more questions than answers. And that's what you did because that'll get you to buy the next book or go to the next movie or buy the next comic book. I'm a big comic book fan. And you're like, oh, I can't wait to see how this ends or how it wraps up. Um, they're obviously going to run this back sometime, hopefully with no time limit on a bigger show. And it's going to draw a lot of money, a lot of money. I wouldn't be, even though Cork and Hall, I used to say, Cork and Hall, they do, you know, 1,500 people. They max out, round up, let's say 1,600 people. I think they, they did this at a bigger venue, like Ryogokin or, um, you know, hey, let's hey let's run uh, Budokan Hall back. Hey, why not? Or Yokohama Budokan, they could probably get closer to 3,000. But at the same time, 1,600 people, if they were to run this one back with that crowd that hot, I wouldn't say no to it. But I think when they run this one back, it's going to be for one of their titles. And it's going to do massive amount of business. Massive amount of business. As Mayu just has such great chemistry with everybody. We go to the main event of the show, which I would have not have pegged would have been the main event. I figured it would have been Shiri versus Suzuki or um, Mayu versus Tam. However, I, oh, that last match I gave four and a half stars. Not sure if I said that. However, we have Queen's Quest members, Yutami Haishista, taking on Izumi. Yutami coming with four points, has not eaten a defeat yet. Izumi's been eating some losses that we didn't think we'd, she, we'd, we'd see her uh, eat. I think a lot of us had us pegged that she was going to beat Mirai, set up a future Wonder Star Championship match. That didn't happen. And then I said last week, and a lot of people agree with me, in what I deemed as Hana's greatest match ever, 
that uh, Hana got the surprise win over Izumi. So Izumi really needs a win here. And she did get the win with the Canadian Destroyer or the Tokyo Destroyer into the Izumi Sushi for 3, 10 minutes and 20 seconds. I really like how this match started. And uh, like I talked about Billy Robinson before. Billy won him, And I'm sure when they were putting this match together, they didn't have this Billy Robinson credo or psychology when they were putting this match together. But there's an old saying that you open one door purposely for the other person to go through it. Then you open up that door purposely for them to go through it. And that third door you slam shut. And it seemed like Azumi, the bell rings, she goes for her Karana, but she wanted Utami to get out. And then when Utami got out, it set her up for the C4 bomb, but she wanted Utami to get out because it then it set her up for the, the Canadian destroyer or the Tokyo destroyer. Let's call it the Azumi destroyer or the sushi destroyer, maybe. Uh, let's come, we'll come up with a fun name for it. So it seemed like she set her up, you know, she opened up the two doors and slammed the third one shut. And that third door was the destroyer. I really liked how that match started. Azumi's off to a fast pace. Um, that sends Utami to the floor. Azumi then tries for the double flip stomp to the floor, but uh, Utami uh, saves her life by moving. And then we see really Azumi when she comes down on that foot. She she tries to get up, but she puts all the pressure on it and goes down. And um, I knew that how long this match went because I saw the I, I had it spoiled to me, which was which is fine. So I knew Azumi didn't get hurt because it would have been all over social media. But she was sounding like she was hurt. She did a great job selling. Maybe she was hurt and she. Shook it off, but like she came up from that double foot stomp. You're doing double foot stomp to the concrete. Tough enough when you're coming off the top rope and doing it in the ring. And the ring, it's got a little bit of give and a little bit of spring, whatever. But that floor, not only Cork and Hall, but any building in the world doesn't have any give. So Zumi, like it, going for the double foot stomp, missing. And she comes up, she's really selling the foot and the ankle where it's just like, oh no. You already have, you don't ever want to see anybody injured. We already have her, her stable mate, Sai Kamatani, injured. We don't want to have another QQ, QQ member go down in this middle of this tournament. Um, great job selling the foot. Um, back in the ring they go. Uh, Utami brings the lariats and the forearms. Zumi hits a beautiful head kick. I think I say it about twice a month on the show. Zumi strikes very underrated, especially her kicks. Zumi hits a head kick that uh, leads into a uh, armbar attempt. Um, and then she tries to knock it, lock in the numero uno. Azumi hits the rope Rana and then hits a double foot stomp. That was a little more safe. Uh, at that point, I knew Azumi was okay because there's no way that you do another double foot stomp if your foot's uh, injured. So Azumi locks in the armbar, but Utami deadweight squats her up for a slam. Azumi comes back with La Mystica into the armbar. She transitions that into the numero uno. Uh, Utami gets to the ropes. Azumi stays on the arm. She's that running pump kick to Utami's arm. Clearly, the psychology is try to go after Utami's neck. If that doesn't work, I'm going to go for the arm. Uh, Utami uh, catches Azumi in a wheelbarrow German suplex. Crowd really hot here because Utami just she's kind of getting routed here. Uh, and they're, they're kind of pulling for Utami and Azumi as well. Um, Utami uh, eventually we have a forearm trade off that has Azumi. Basically baiting uh, Utami into a big forearm that she ducks, hits the C4 bomb. Utami rolls through a Zumi Sushi, uh, hits a uh, forearm, and then um, back to the Zumi Sushi again for two. Uh, Azumi then hits a head kick, and then uh, she or Azumi goes for a head kick, but very much like Utami's matches with Shuri, uh, Utami catches the kick and just plants Azumi into the middle of the mat with his brutal power bomb. Um, Azumi tries for the destroyer, but uh, Utami pops her up and hits his brutal forearm. That was really cool. Just the pop of forearm and on the way down just crushes Azumi's soul. Uh, then she follows up with the torture rack bomb for two. 
Utami goes to put away her QQ member with a hijack bomb, but Azumi, this is an awesome finishing stretch. Azumi escapes the hijack bomb. Basically, it's a double jump off the second rope into a destroyer, then hits another destroyer into the Azumi Sushi. Azumi Sushi for a three count, 10 minutes, 20 seconds, four and a half stars. This match was great. Absolutely love that finishing sequence where Azumi's trying for the destroyer again. Yutami just pops her up and just drills her, just like crushes the life out of Azumi with the forearm. And then she starts to chain her big moves back to back to back. But Azumi, knowing Yutami so well, she gets out of the uh, she gets out of the torture arc, excuse me, the uh, the BT bomb. And when she does, she's right by the rope. So she just springs off the second, does a 180, catches Yutami into a destroyer. That was really cool. That was really cool. And then just hit the regular destroyer into the Azumi Sushi. We've seen Azumi use that combination on a lot of the bigger wrestlers, especially last year. I'm almost positive she used that combination of the destroyer into the Azumi Sushi to defeat Micah and Himika in the five star last year. My memory is correct. And uh, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Usually with stardom stuff, I do okay. Okay, folks. Oh, what a must-see show. Again, uh, if you are not on Stardom World, uh, you know, it's like a free commercial here, uh, but rightfully so. Uh, if you are not on Stardom World, that show itself was worth like $40, $50. Unbelievable. Again, the undercard was was good, but really where it shined was those last five matches. Unbelievable. Again, if you're just going to jump on Stardom World just to watch that match, you're paying like a little over a dollar a match on those last five matches, and they're well worth it. Well worth it, especially Hazuki Shuri. Um, the... Mayu and Tam, and then Yutami and Izumi. You know, so Izumi, who eating some L's here, not only gets the win, gets the win over QQ, uh, the, the QQ leader, and in the main event of Cork and Hall, you know, uh, the biggest attended Cork and Hall wrestling show of the year, and gets to cut the promo. So uh, hopefully that builds up some momentum for the high speed bomb girl. She did say that her anniversary of wrestling is right around the time of the uh, final night of the five star, and I believe her birthday. Because the final night of the five star is September 30th. And her birthday, I believe, is October 1st. I only remember that because my daughter's birthday is the next day. So, um, nice little uh, birthday present for her if she can win her block. And I believe my wife does have her and Hazuki in the final. So, uh, if that helps my wife's bracket out, uh, we're going to have to do some rallying. And um, for those of you who are paying attention to uh, the stats between me and my wife in the five star, she only had one right that show. I had three right, so I'm rallying. She's been kicking my butt this whole entire five-star. We are now tied at 14-14. Uh, for those longtime listeners of the show, remember last year I absolutely routed her. I think I beat her by like 10-11 points. So finally catching up, finally catching up. So, okay, folks, we will go into New Blood 10, which took place uh, in front of 361 people on the 18th of August. I'm kind of just going to just you know run through uh, some of these matches here. We just had the opening match of Hanako and Hanako, uh, and uh, Kazuna Tanaka. I'm going to butcher some of these names. Um, even though there's been some uh, some people coaching me, some fantastic people over in Japan coaching me on how to pronounce the name. So I, I am getting better, folks. I am getting better. Uh, they defeated the team of Moran, Nanami, and Amisori when uh, Moran tapped out to Hanako's torture rack. 7 minutes, 28 seconds, 3 and a quarter stars. First of all, Kazuna, if I'm saying that right, Tanaka. I know that's Minoru Tanaka's daughter. When I first broke into wrestling around 20 years ago, Minoru Tanaka is one of the juniors I watched the most and absolutely loved him. He also wrestled under the gimmick Heat. Um, he had a mask on. So uh, the fact that that is a second-generation wrestler, 
she looked really good in uh, the, the brief stuff she had on um, in the match. Um, or her exchanges, excuse me, were, were good in the match. She looked very impressive. Hopefully we'll see her on some more New Blood shows. And obviously she's got a great coach and her dad and Minoru Tanaka. I'm sure you can pick up the phone to Yuji Nagata or Jushin Liger and uh, help out, you know, call Uncle Liger, help uh, help out the young Tanaka there. But love seeing second-generation wrestlers go in, especially when you have different, you have a dad and daughter or you have a mother and a son. It's cool to kind of see a little different dynamic there. Uh, Moran at only 14, 15 years old. I mean, geez, what can we say? She, her ring presence or her likability, the way she pops a crowd, uh, it's fantastic. She's absolutely fantastic. I'd love to see her maybe her and Rena for a future starter match, maybe somewhere down the line. That'd be great. Match number two. Sag, I'm going to butcher this name and I apologize. Chanako defeating Lady C via the European Cup. Clutch, 7 minutes, 47 seconds. Really thought we would see a Lady C win here because I never heard of Chanako. Again, I apologize. I know I'm butchering the name before. Obviously, she has a presence. She seems like a veteran. But the crowd knew who she was. She knew what she was doing in the ring. Her timing, her pacing, everything was great. She was very smooth. And I was like, ooh, I need to see more of her. Uh, and that's something that I'm probably going to do this weekend after I record that Mamma Tsai episode for you fantastic Patreon members. But she was excellent here. Excellent here. But um, really good seeing Lady C in some of these singles matches because they do a great job in these multi-person match, mat, matches fleshing her out and giving her a good majority uh, of the match but uh yeah really enjoyed this match i had this one at three and a quarter stars match number three of this show uh the i guess the number one contenders the next contenders for the goddess son tag belts suzuki maysera defeating the sisters team of hina and hannah when we saw maysera pinning hina with it was like a hammer lock into an, a liger bomb at Seven minutes, 24 seconds. I had this at three and a half stars. Uh, this was a solid match. Um, Hina and Hannah, um, the sisters, they work very well together. We'll talk about uh, in on the pay-per-view, the uh, the trio of Hina, Rina, and Hannah, uh, the, the real bloodline, as I call them, how well they work together. I would love to see Hina and Hannah. I know they're ones in Stars, ones in Queen's Quest, but it's wrestling, folks. I would love to see them get a run. Somewhere, maybe for the Goss to start on tag belts. Obviously, Han and Saida, that's kind of my go-to team in stars uh, with Wingori. But um, Hana and Maysera had some really good high-speed spots here. So we all think that May is going to be the next heir apparent to the high-speed championship uh, after Saki has a run, Saki Kashima has a run. Hana, not sure what they're going to do with her after the, the five-star tournament and then after the Goddess tournament. I wouldn't mind seeing Hana and Maysera in a prominent match for the high-speed championship. Maybe that's something they can put Hana in the high-speed division. Uh, and while they're kind of grooming her for, you know, uh, the you know the, the bigger and better things, the white belt, red belt. But she just turned 19, so she's got the she got her whole her whole world and wrestling life in front of her. But I would I would not say no to a Hana high-speed uh, high-speed run because that was something that I know that I wanted. And all of a sudden, it's like. She can definitely hang in that division. She was really good there. And again, the master of the high-speed division, in my opinion, the greatest high-speed wrestler, champion of all time, Azumi. She had that great match with her uh, last week that we talked about. Match number four. Uh, Natsupoi defeat Yuna Mizumori. The match that if Yuna wins, she gets to join Cosmic Angels when uh, Natsupoi hits the fairy ring into a uh, fairy strain combination at 9 minutes, 27 seconds. 
This was an excellent match as Yuna really came to bring it. We talked about it on the show last week. But this was just a normal match if you're going to be Natsuki Boy, right? She's undefeated in the five-star. Um, her and uh, Soryanu, they are the goddess of champion, tag champions. They're doing a great job pushing her. Natsuki Boy is all over the world. Bye, boys. The hottest thing in wrestling, folks. It's the hottest thing in wrestling. Bye, boys. I made the cover Weekly Pro Wrestling Magazine. We just showed like everybody beating each other up and not support kind of on the side doing the bike boy. So, uh, hey, great job on Weekly Pro Wrestling. Taking advantage of the hottest thing going in wrestling. So, um, but considering the fact that Yuna and Mizumori have been working so hard, she's so improved, so likable, I figured, all right, they're going to give Yuna a win here. And boy, how much this would mean so much to Yuna. And more to, and a lot to her character is you're building Natsupoi up and you give you and get, Yuna gets the win. She gets the upset win. That's how she joins Cosmic Angels is beating a red hot Natsupoi. But that didn't happen here. They did a great job going back and forth. Yuna just crushes uh, Natsupoi with uh, with Lariat. She had to capture Lariat like the Kabashi burning Lariat where you pick your pick your opponent up, grab them by the back of the head or the neck and just hit like a, hit the Lariat. I love that. Love it. Just reminds me of some of those brutal Kabashi uh, Masawa matches and Kabashi Steve William matches. Um, Natsupoi escaped the Hawaiian Smasher, hits a super kick German suplex combination, and then Yuna Mizumori shows her fighting spirit. Fighting spirit. Rebounds with a huge lariat, uh, again, but Natsupoi, uh pours it on towards the end, hitting the uh, Ferial Ring Neckbreaker that Yuna Mizumori kicks out of two, and then the Fairy Strain for three count. Afterwards, Natsupoi goes up to Tam, and uh, you see Tam has a smile on her face. And I thought, oh, they're going to let her join. They're going to let her join. But no, Tam says, you will get another shot at joining Cosmic Angels, but you have to beat me at New Blood 11. So what I'm assuming will probably be the main event, Tam, who more than likely will still be the World of Stardom champion, taking on Yuna Mizumori. And if Yuna wins, she gets to join Cosmic Angels. So either Yuna pulls the upset off. Again, I just mentioned how big it would be for her in her career if she joins Cosmic Angels by beating Natsupoi. It would be even bigger if she beats Tam, the leader of Cosmic Angels, especially if she's the Red Belt champion. Or maybe they go to a time limit draw, or maybe Tam beats her with like two seconds left, and then Tam lets her join. I think that'd be a lot. That might be the best way to go. Like Tam beats her, or goes to a time limit draw, and Tam's like, okay, I'm going to let you join. Because you look at how great of a leader DDM Julie is, and how great of a leader Mayu is at Stars, and and Tora. Even though Tora organized the beatdown on Saki Kashima, that's a way to tie. That's their thing. Tora's really just uh, came off since she's been back from the knee injury, especially these last two, three months, as a great leader of Oedo Tai and, of course, Yutami. You know, the sacrifices she's made in the cage match and then come over to America and come back uh, just to help Queen's Quest, you know, her faction out. There's some really great leaders of factions where Tam's kind of been slipping a little bit, kind of maybe the bully row, bully row, uh, row, uh, roll. Easy for me to say. Folks, I've been talking for over an hour. So I would tag Robin. Tam, uh, pretty much, um, like, bullying uh, Yuna Mizumori uh, a little bit in the whole weight loss thing. It's, it's something that I don't care for. We talked about it in the show, and I'm not going to get into it because I, I think Tam Nakano is absolutely fantastic. Um, but I think that would be great for her character and as a leader is if Yuna doesn't get a win here. You know, again, either goes to a time limit draw or Tam beats her. Tam's like, okay, I saw your fight. I saw your heart. You're in. I think that would be so great for that to happen. And I think would make Tam so much a better leader, Cosmic Angels, and put her on the level of a Mayu, of a Yutami, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So I think that's what's going to happen. I think Tam's going to beat her, but Tam's still going to let her join. I just don't think there's a way that 
with all this going on that Yuna gets kicked out of Cosmic Angels. Not unless she goes to DDM. And again, the Julia thing comes rearing right back. That's a possibility. But Stardom has so much cool, cool stuff going on that there's really no wrong answer. Um, match number five, Sori Anu defeating Miyu Amasaki, where she hits the Temps tender. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, at 11 minutes, 25 seconds, Miyu Kevin Amasaki. Uh, just, that's a joke for one person, folks. The same person that's been uh, coaching me on the uh, the syllables and how to say things right. Uh, asked by chance call me you kevin so uh there you go folks i know that's kind of the uh, kind of thing i think azumi and uh, me you had a uh, like a uh, instagram uh conversation i think azumi brought it up and me you kind of laughed it off so me you kevin amasaki so maybe that'll be a permanent fixture uh in this uh in this uh podcast this was great this is my favorite match of the show believe it or not uh these last three matches were were really good really enjoyable but i really really enjoy this Miyu's, we've talked about this. I've talked about this on the show. I'm sorry, I know we have new listeners all the time, but I talked about this uh, on the show last five or six weeks of Miyu, how much she's improving. And these new blood shows are perfect for her because you're giving her opponent a really great wrestler. And so, Sayori Anu, uh, one half of the God Stardom Tag Champs, and you're giving, them, giving her over 11 minutes to tell their story. And Sayori, obviously, she's leading the match. She's the veteran, but she's giving Miyu enough. Uh, in the match, Miyu has this new move. Uh, she has a lot new, uh, some new submissions, and she has like this double jump X factor as well. So she's adding more to her game. Her forearms are starting to look, starting to look a little better. Remember about a year ago, I said probably couldn't break an egg with those forearms. Forearms are looking better. The way she's doing the DDTs are better. The handspring elbow looks looks great. Um, I thought she was fantastic here, and Sayori knew was the perfect opponent here. Uh, I thought how. Um, Miyu countering the temps tender uh, into the knee bar roll up for a two count that had everybody fighting for the finish, uh, even me as well. Asari hits the German suplex and follows up with the. Uh, I for some reason I thought it was called the Porter Ring, but that's the. Uh, 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 that's the uh, what I call the backside from heaven. Uh, that's her backside with the temps tender, um, pinning her at eleven minutes twenty five seconds. Again, four stars. Miyu Amasaki's been having. Great match with Nanai, Azumi, and now another one. Another great singles match. So, again, folks, you have a loaded roster in stardom. But when you look at the wrestlers coming up, Saida, Hana, Hina, Rina, and throw Miyu Amasaki in that mix. Uh, I just can't wait to see what she's going to do over the next year or two. And I would not be shocked if Miyu has a nice little run in the Cinderella tournament. And if they expand the field a little bit more in the five-star, I'd love to see Miyu in next year's five-star absolutely love it. i think it would be a perfect fit for her in it again fast forward look again look what she's done in the last you know two or three months what's gonna happen in the next year then you put her in a five star where she's wrestling a tam a julia a yutami a zumi uh i mean she's only gonna come out of that out of that gold match number six passion injection match saida and anai takahashi Sanai Takahashi getting the uh, the victory with the Nanai Rocker, which is basically a modified version of the Falcon Arrow. This one got some time, folks. 15 minutes, 21 seconds. Three and three four stars for me. This is very hard hitting. And me being a huge fan of Saida, hashtag push, push Saida. Uh, this is great how hot the crowd was for Saida. They were so into everything she did. Her selling, the comeback, the chops going back and forth. Uh, Super hot for her. Um, Nanai just had to just pour on one thing after another. She couldn't keep Saida down. Eventually, it was the backdrop driver sliding lariat, and then another lariat, and then the uh, the Falcon Arrow Nanai Rocker for the three count. 
But boy, Saida was throwing those forearms. She was throwing those clotheslines. Again, showed so much fighting spirit in this one. Again, a really, really good solid match. And uh, Nanai said, let's run it back again. And uh, no one has been able to beat Nanai on these passion injection matches. We thought Starlight Kid would be the one to do it at the last New Blood show. She wasn't. Maybe Nanai gets her first L in these type of matches with a rematch with Saida. I think that would do so much more for Saida than it would Nanai. Main event match did see uh, Rina tapping out uh, Waka to retain the future of Stardom Championship with a Hydrangea. 12 minutes, 35 seconds, three and a half stars, a good solid match. Love seeing Rina using that that submission. Hana Kimura's submission basically passed down to her. Uh, we did see, again, this was really good. They had a little high speed in the beginning. Uh, we know both wrestlers can do that style. Waka does a great job building up a lot of false finishes, close finishes. Uh, flash finishes, uh, but eventually uh, Rena does a great job building up the Hydranger. Uh, she used it early on in the match, then in the middle part, and then goes back to it to get Waka to tap. A uh, really good way to end a really solid show. Um, also, folks, if you are new to this show, once again, welcome. This is the third time I said that. Um, new segment on the show, which I'm going to do now. Uh, Io Shirai is the current, known as Io Sky, the current WWE Women's Champion. And uh, Io Shirai, obviously her fingerprints are all over the world of stardom, in my opinion. Not only the greatest stardom wrestler of all time, the greatest women's wrestler of all time. Her two World of Stardom championship runs are absolutely legendary. The V10, the V14, two of the best championship runs, not only in stardom, but in all of Japanese wrestling. Um, so what we're doing is we are going to be covering what Io did in WWE this week. Huge rumors of Kyrie coming into WWE towards the end of the year in the fall. So if that does happen, if those rumors are true, we're going to be doing the segment of what EO and Kyrie did this week. So uh, EO, I'm going to call it EO Shirai. Hope you folks don't mind. Uh, EO Shirai teamed up with her damage control tag member Bailey to take on the team of Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair. It seems like Bianca has lost a lot of steam since she lost the uh, championship to Asuka, but she did a great job getting it back here because the crowd, they were hot for all four of these wrestlers, but they were all into Bianca. Um, really good tag stuff back and forth with EO and Bailey. They really have really good tag team chemistry. Um, eventually, uh, Bianca Belair is able to, or they got heat on Charlotte Flair. Bianca comes in. She hits the handstand moonsault onto Bailey. EO misses a moonsault onto Charlotte, but she lands on her feet. EO hits the showtie palm strike that sends Charlotte Flair into the turnbuckle. EO comes in for a shoulder tackle. Shoulder tackle. EO hits the post. Post Bailey um, tags herself in. As soon as Bailey comes in, Charlotte hits the big boot, and Bianca Belair hits the KOD for a three count. I had this match at three and a half stars. So, uh, again, folks, it's just a little segment that we're going to be doing, uh, what EO did. There might be some times where this segment is 30 seconds long because maybe EO did not uh, only, maybe she didn't do anything, or maybe she just had a promo. So, I think just something nice to kind of keep one of the daughters of stardom, kind of still in the stardom realm is... Uh, We'll talk about it on the podcast for a little bit, but it's nice that Io Shirai, our queen, the founder of Queen's Quest, is uh, at top of the uh, WWE wrestling world. Okay, folks, um, before we get into a little bit of preview for uh, the five-star matches coming this weekend, we will end it on the fantastic pay-per-view, pay-per-view that exceeded all expectations, uh, uh, started a Midsummer Festival 2023, took place on the 19th of August in front of 1,653 people. And this was basically, it was kind of like a Legends reunion show. And I figured it'd be good 
you know, maybe very good. My expectations were it started, it'll, there's no way it could be bad. Like the undercard will be nice and solid, but they had so much put on with, you know, Jaguar Yokota and the Annoy sisters and uh, 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 Shinobi Kandori. So it's like, you wonder how they're going to be because a lot of these wrestlers primed back in the 90s. So it's, but you're mixing them in with the stardom wrestlers. They're not one on one, they're not singles matches. Uh, the smoke and mirrors, it should be okay, but this completely blew away my expectations. I'll run through the undercard and we'll get into the kind of main few matches in a little more detail. Match number one had the sisters, Hina, Rina, and Hana, the real bloodline, in my opinion, defeating uh, the makeshift team of Lady C, Waka, and Yuna, where um, Hana reverses the Waka slide into the 17 roll up. Um, I had this at a three and a quarter stars. Match number two, we had the former tag champs here. Rose Gold, Mina Shirakawa, and Mariah May defeating the, uh, again, makeshift team of Tekla and Megan Bain. This is a really cool finish. Tekla, she does the bridge for to go for the Toxic Spider, but when she does, Mariah May sneaks behind her. She tries to, or she deadlifts her. She goes for the Tombstone, the Happily Ever After, but Tekla rolls her up, but then Mariah May rolls her back. I thought that was really cool how Mariah May countered Tekla's big move. Tekla countered Mariah May's big move into a roll-up, but then Mariah May countered Tekla's move. I thought that was a really, really cool way to uh, get into the finish. I had that three and a quarter stars. Match number three had uh, shown uh, was Suzu Suzuki and Micah defeating Saida and Ami. Sorry, this was excellent. When this one came up, I kind of forgot what the matches were because I'd just been so busy with, again, doing a lot of stuff with the uh, Saikamatani and uh, uh, the Saikamatani part of the Patreon and just updating things on the five star. And when this match came up, I was like, oh man, there's no way this is going to, this is going to be awesome. This was hard hitting. It's exactly what you thought it would be. Um, the match ends. Uh, Saida is just crushing Micah with these lariats. Like she's getting the better of the lariat advantage. And then Micah hits the 360 lariat and then just picks her up and hits her with the Mijinoku driver. And it kind of ended out of nowhere. I was like, oh, it was really good. I wish it would have had two or three more minutes maybe to build towards the finish, but it makes sense. It's like Micah's getting rocked with these lariats. She's able to hit her big 360 lariat. They usually lead to the Mijinoku driver. So it's like, I got a window. Let me put the finish. Let me get out of here because I'm getting my ass kicked by the gorilla here. But I thought it was really good, really hard-hitting match. Saeed and Amisori with the double chops at the same time were really good. Um, had it three and three-four stars. Again, this was excellent. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And then how about Suzu and Micah on their way up to the rampway? They're like exchanging chops. So they, they have like that love-hate relationship, which I think is funny. Uh, again, excellent match. Suzu just is, uh, she's this role that she has, whether she's teaming with uh, May or whether she's teaming with Micah, she's doing those phenomenal singles matches in the five-star. She just can't miss. And what a great pickup for stardom. What a great pickup for stardom. Match number four saw the stars team of Mayu Watani and Koguma defeating uh, Shiri and Saki from God's Eye when... Um, Mayu locks Saki in a modified Dragon Sleeper, uh, gets her to tap out for the win. Again, modified Dragon Sleeper that we've seen Mayu use a few times uh, in the five-star. Solid match. The fact that we got to see Mayu and uh, Shuri in the ring, that's always a plus. I had it at three and a half stars. And then we go on to match number five. So this is where we get into like these legends. Okay, so you have the team of Zap. Dump Matsumoto, Tora, and Ruwaka defeating, I guess, Queen's Quest plus uh, uh, Kyoko Inoue, Yutami, Izumi, Miyu, uh, Kyoko Inoue, um, when uh, Tora hits the miss to Miyu and then hits the Death Valley uh, bomb onto Miyu Kevin, uh, three and a half stars. This match starts off, of course, crazy. Ueda Tai jump, um, and then we just have this crazy brawl. Yu Amasaki, Kevin, 
Uh, Miyu is the MVP of this match. She was so good her selling. Dump Matsumoto has his cane. She just keeps beating poor Miyu. She's in the third row. Miyu's just trying to get up to get back in the ring. She's just getting hit with this poor cane. And I don't know if it's selling or the fact this thing really hurt because you can hear the smack. Or it was 50-50. But she was just, uh, you know. And then her comeback and everything in the match was really good. Dump Matsumoto, um, again, I don't mind cheating in wrestling as long as it's not in front of the referee. Noedo Tai is great at pulling the ref out. Kagetsu is one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in wrestling of cheating in front of the referee. Not in front of the referee, but pulling the ref out at the last second. But yeah, pulling the ref back in for the finish. Um, she's great at it. And Noedo Tai does it very, very well. Dump Matsumoto, anytime any member of Queen's Quest was going for a pinfall, she would just come in and just whack them with the with the stick right in front of the referee. And it got to a point where it's just so comical. I'm like, I can't even get mad about it. And the poor referee was just like, you felt so bad for him because he's trying to get the stick away from Dump Matsumoto. Just couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And then, like, she's threatening him. And then it's like, you went like Azumi. It's just like, you know, I love Azumi. But, like, Azumi had, like, next to nothing to do in this match. At the same time, what's she going to do with Zap Dump Matsumoto? Like, it was just, I wish she had a little bit more to do. But it just really was. Uh, Kyoko looked great. I know she's still competing. She was great here. Again, I thought Mi was the MVP. Uh, her selling, her comeback, I thought did a great job kind of building the match around her, only to then beat her in the end uh, by cheating. Matora with the miss, and of course her getting hit with about 84 cane shots. Again, it was really, really fun. Excellent match. And anytime Yutami is in the ring with uh, with uh, Natsuko, I'm all for it. But um, yeah, I thought that Matsumoto here was, again, obviously uh, beat up from the wrestling wars, passed her prime. But I thought for what she was able to do, absolutely genius maximize her minutes three and a half stars we go to the co-main event cosmic angels trio super cosmic angels not support tam nakano sorianu defeating the team of shinobu kandori uh, takaka noe and hazuki this was great this was excellent uh, obviously uh kandori she had that amazing match uh with akira hokuto uh, at uh, Dream Slam at uh, Yokohama Arena back, I think, uh, in the in, in the early 90s. It's one of the greatest women's matches of all time. Well, I think we finished very high in one of the best matches of the decade. Kendori works a very shoot style, which I'm a huge fan of. And, uh, boy, she brought it here. She really did. They did a great job with her and Tam throwing down. And her putting Tam, the World of Stardom champion, in an armbar and then kind of letting it go. Like, this is just too easy. Like, you're supposed to be the champion here. This is too easy. Eventually, they ramp things up. Zuki, obviously, is great here. Uh, Kendori and um, Noe, can, they can only do so much, right? So, Zuki does majority of the legwork here, which is, you figured was going to happen. Of course, you want to get Hazuki. She's a big star in stardom. You kind of want to get her involved a little bit more, especially she has, I mean, her just beating down Natsupoi. I'm just like, I cannot wait for the Hazuki-Natsupoi match uh, from, from the five-star coming up, I think, in a few weeks. They had two matches almost within... Like two weeks of each other last year during the five star, the five star match. They had FWC defended uh, the tag, the Gossar tag belts, Hazuki and Kogama against Tam and Natsupoi. I think it was, yeah, 10, 12 days within a, within each other. And Hazuki just beats down poor Natsupoi, and Natsupoi just eats it and brings it back. And that's what she does here. And I'm like, I can't. That match was so good last year, just an underrated match. And last year was five star. Hazuki's better, Natsupoi's better. And you got a preview in this match of what that match could be and uh or probably what it will be so i cannot wait for that again hazuki was great here Sorianu was terrific as well um 
the way that she was kind of able to bring everything, the way that she teamed with Tam and Natsupoy. Obviously, Natsupoy is former tag champ with Tam, current uh, tag champ with Sayori Anu. Um, Anu. Uh, and uh, so they all work well together. The entrance, the Cosmic Eagles entrance, along with these three, is just like star power. I thought the finish was great with uh, Kandori accidentally palm striking Hazuki, leading to uh, the fairy magic uh, roll up from Natsupoy. On the Hazuki for the three count afterwards, then uh, I had this at four stars. This was great. Afterwards, Tam told uh, Kandori, like, hey, let's have a match, maybe for the red belt. So now you have that. I'm like, I will absolutely take that. I thought uh, they did a great job with uh, Kandori in this match. I thought she looked great. Obviously, she doesn't work in a Zoomy, Starlight Kid, not Sapoy, crazy style. You know, you're not going to see her doing moonsaults even back in the 90s. So it's like, I think these two are going to trade blows for like eight or nine minutes, maybe tease the arm bar for a minute or two. And then uh, Tam's probably going to hit a uh, zillion violent shootings and then probably drop Kandori on her head to get the win. That's probably how that match is going to go. And if that's the way it's going to go, take my money. Who do I give my money to? Because uh, that's, uh, that's where they're going to go. Yeah, I, I'm all for it. You know, Rob and I talked on the show last week. But this is a one-off. We're fine with it. But if they're going to bring Kandori in to do this match, and uh, not only this match, but our fine friends over at Monthly Pro Wrestle, they made mention, boy, what about a Kandori versus Sherry match? They had a match in Sendai Girls, I think, in 2012, they said. That'd be something. Sherry versus Kandori. I was like, that would be great. But they, I don't know if they realized, if Stardom realized they did this, you set up Kandori versus Suzuki. Kandori hits the palm strike onto Hazuki that basically causes the opening for Poi to get the fairy magic. So maybe we see a three-match series with Kandori versus Tam, Shuri, and Hazuki. And those are all matches that she can lose. You know, it's gonna it'll put Tam over, put her in a bigger light, beating a legend, uh, Shuri as well, and uh, Hazuki. She can go 0-3 and no one's gonna care. If anyway, if anything, she might get booked more, whether it's the Sendai Girls or Tokyo Joshi Pro or uh back in stardom you know who knows but uh boy i'm excited if you would have told me that this is going to lead to a red belt match before i would be like oh really that's what they're doing but for the way it was built absolute genius absolute genius being a genius the main event saw the team of nanai takahashi jaguar yukoda one of rob's all-time favorite wrestlers and uh momo nakanishi defeating the team of you momo watanabe and starlight kid when uh basically saw the uh, the tea gimmick from uh, I'll say that because of the uh, the backseat boys in CZW, from Momo Watanabe and Nanai Takahashi on the Starlight Kid. Um, I didn't know Momo and Nanai were tag team. Momo and Nanai, or Nanai Momo, whatever they were called, but they did show the they did a great job. Stardom's been doing a great job with this. They did a great job showing the video of their past. I was like, oh man, they were great as a tag team. They were fantastic. You know, it's coming up in a few months, folks. But gotta start them tag league. How great would it be if Nanai and Momo were tag team in that tournament? Obviously, Nanai and you won it last year. I would love to see Nanai and Momo. Momo make another run. She was fantastic here. Probably the MVP of this match. Um, uh, Momo and Starlight Kid, they start out hot. And then uh, you and Nanai, they have a chop fest. So you have the two high-speed wrestlers doing what they do. And then you have you and Nanai. Again, I mentioned they won the Goddess Tournament last year. Former uh, Goddess Tournament Tag Champs. Um, Momo, Momo, then he tags out to Momo and Jaguar Yokota and Momo Watanabe. It really opens up kicks on Jaguar Yokota. I think Jaguar was 62, 63. It's the same age as my mom's birthday is next week. That's my mom's going to be 62. So it's like, she's as old as my mom. My mom's been retired for three years. Jaguar Yokota is still kicking ass. So good for her. She looked great here as well. 
Um, I didn't get a chance to really talk to Rob about what he thought of this match again because he's a huge Jaguar Yokota fan. But I texted him after I watched the show. I said, you're going to be surprised, bro. At the end of the card, you knew it was going to be solid. Especially that uh, Suzu, Micah versus uh, Ami Asaya match. I said, wait till you get to these last two matches. I said, holy jeez. He's like, does it set up anything and is it good? I said, oh yeah, it sure does. It sure does. It sets up. There's so much more Stardom can do. And they already have the most loaded roster in the world. So yeah, a lot of really good stuff here. We saw some Momo on Momo violence. Uh, all they needed was Momo Kogo on, on commentary. Obviously, she was in the States because the next day was the ECW Arena show. Uh, really good falls finishes, as you would see. Black Desire, Momo, Watanami, Starlight could come in. And they would do teamwork on uh, the Nai Takahashi. You would see some false, some close pins there. And Momo must not have forgotten Budokan Hall in March of 2021, all-star uh, dream, uh, dream Cinderella. Because Nai beat her on that, uh, on that day. Nai came back uh, basically, you know, and beats Momo. And it was a really stiff match, but Momo had some receipts. She had some receipts from a show over two years ago. And just, but there was some head kicks that broke up pinfalls and to set something up that Momo just was not pulling back. And I would love to see the two of them run that back again, hopefully with Momo getting a win. Uh, eventually, we would see just some crazy suplexes. The Momo latch that uh, Momo Nakanishi taught to Starlight Kid teased quite a bit for the finish that we did see Momo and Nanai do at the last New Blood. So I thought that's where they would go. I know where this was going. Like, that's the finish, that's the finish, that's the finish, which is the uh, brilliance of it. But eventually we saw some teamwork from Momo and Nanai put away Starlight Kid, uh, four and a quarter stars. Again, this whole show was solid. These legend matches, again, with Dump Matsumoto just scaring the heck out of the ref and beating up poor me, you, Kevin Amasaki. And then uh, these last two matches were just so good. So good. The fact that we're going to get a Kandori and Tam match, maybe a Kandori versus Shiri match. And again, maybe Kandori versus Suzuki. Uh, that's something I would love to see. And then just how great Nanai and Momo Nakanishi was. And even, again, Jaguar Yurkoda at 62 years old. I think that's what she was. All right. Uh, how great she was here. And Momo and Starlight Kid are great. And Yu was really good here. Uh, she wasn't in that match that, that, that much, but because um, a lot of it was focused on Momo and Starlight Kid. I think there's a reason why it was. I think Momo is going to get another run here. And I would love to see her and Nanai team up for the uh, Gods of Stardom tag. Can you imagine, like, them versus Aphrodite or O2 Line? Or uh, Meltier or uh, Sayori and not support depending on which way they go, or versus Han and Sayida. I mean, it's just possibility are endless. That Goddess of Star tournament could be just as good as this year's five star, folks. There's a possibility that it could be Mina and Mariah May. You know, there's all depends on which way they shake it. This Goddess of Star tournament, we could really be in for some, some, it could be the best one yet. It really could be for the best one yet, folks. Before I didn't think I'd go this long. Uh, before we wrap this baby up, let's talk about the upcoming. As I'm trying to get my notes here, upcoming matches this weekend in the five star tournament, and I will just kind of go through my prediction as well. I'm not going to go through all the cards, just the matches coming up over the next week. Red Stars block World of Stardom champion Tam Nakano up against Natsuko Tora. That's going to be a tough one because are you going to beat your World of Stardom champion? Against somebody who I think is going to be there at the end. I think Tam's going to win. Would not be shocked if I get that wrong. A match that can absolutely steal a whole entire week. Momo Watanabe, who's absolutely crushing it. 
absolutely crushing again we've seen a lot of sprinkles of momo from 2018 and 2019 where she was one of the best wrestlers in the world sprinkled in with this new heel persona that she's doing in this tournament i mean the match she had with micah and soria new has just been uh nothing but top notch going up against mariah may who clearly is going to every match with something to prove that's going to be fantastic but i'm predicting another momo win Starlight Kid was Amisori. That'll be really good. Amisori is fantastic. Very underrated. Starlight Kid needs a win. I think she'll get to pick up points here. Hana versus Sayori Anu. Uh, what Sori did with her match with Miyu was took somebody kind of underneath her and brought her up. Hana's not too far away from Sayori, uh, in my opinion, as far as uh, talent level. They're both fantastic. That match is another one that can absolutely steal it as well, but I see a, uh, a win for uh, Sayori. Um, Boy, how cool it be if Hana gets the win and then her and Saida challenge Koi and uh, Sayori Anu. Um, Anu. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Natsuko Tora has another match versus Natsupoi. Tora needs a win and Koi is going to start eating some L's. I'm a little bit more confident on that one. I see Tora getting the win there. And then these last two matches, um, last two big matches, you have the current Wonder of Stardom champion and the uh, winner of the last two Cinderella tournaments against the winner of the Cinderella tournament in 2020, former World of Stardom champion and the winner of this five-star last year, Julia versus Mirai. Very well, they can go to a time limit draw, but they've been doing a lot of the time limit draws lately. I think um, Julia gets the win over Mirai, but that's another tough one to call. And then probably the match I'm looking forward to the most. Not that I'm not looking forward to any of those other ones because those are going to be good. Utami versus Micah. They always seem to have bangers, especially in the five-star. But it always seems that Micah has Utami's number in the five-star. It's a match I could probably get wrong. And there's a good possibility I will because I'm doing terrible on predictions. But I'm loving these matches. I'm going to say Utami gets the win over Micah. Maybe breaking that little streak she has uh, against Micah in the five-star. Folks, that is going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for bearing with me on this solo journey. Hope you appreciate all the content that we've been bringing to you. Questions, comments, anything you would like to see coming up on the Patreon or anything that you would think you'd like to, for us to change, let me know. Uh, we're all here to get better in any way that anybody can make myself or Rob better. Let us know. We're always open to suggestions. You just want to talk about wrestling, stardom, you know, NFL season's coming up, college football season's starting. Let me know. Let me know what fall beers you're drinking. Whatever you want to talk about, folks, you let me know. Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and or the Twitter or the X or whatever it's called. I'm very easy to get a hold of. You can also shoot me an email as well. The stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Folks, if you're not done, so please go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. It is free. We're trying to pump up the subscriptions there as we're at, trying to add some more content, some more videos. And some more interviews. Our interview with uh, former Ring of Honor owner Carrie Silken that went up about two weeks ago. You can see the full video there. And boy, howdy, that was an absolute hoot. Carrie holds nothing back and is honest uh, and very informative and just a great, great guy. One of the nicest people I've ever been around in the wrestling business. So if you have not done so, go check that out and give us a subscribe. If you have not done fo yet, folks, please go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five star review. If we deserve it, it really helps get this podcast out. Like I said at the beginning of the show, helps get out the world, the word of stardom, because that's the main goal is to get as many people to watch, in my opinion, 
the best wrestling in the world. That is stardom. And it's going to put a smile on people's faces, folks. I think if people watch stardom, they're going to enjoy it. And we're here to put smiles on people's faces. That's going to wrap it up for this episode, folks. Like, again, questions, comments, you know how to get a hold of me. Like I always say, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast. Because we're all together. Everybody's different. Everybody's special. And don't forget, bye, boy. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.